Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Welcome back to the show. It's a Friday edition episode, so we're kicking back, we're relaxing, and we are doing Chicago sports superlatives. We're just going to relax and have a good time, and why not bring back some of my favorite guests onto the pod? Coming up, he can get that top shelf uh, that cookie jar, Aaron Hagel. What's up, man? <laughs> Hi, Joey. I can't reach, buddy. Give me that cookie. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, dude. We're in an Iowa Hawkeyes hat one, but AJ Prezinski getting punched in the face in the background. Mike Choi. What's up, dude? Joey, I'll have you know that my senior superlative in high school was most likely to talk about Chicago sports superlatives 20 years later. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not true. Actually, <laughs> you know, Choi went to high school. He got voted best dressed. Best that was dressed. his senior superlative. <laughs> Oh, As yeah. I'm wearing a T-shirt that I've worn for the last week straight. Uh, nothing wrong <laughs> with bringing back the turtleneck in May. And my other guest today on the show, it is Orlando High School. He was the most likely to become the Rain Man, Sean Kemp. It's Dave Spoli. Didn't happen. <laughs> hey, I can't reach the cookie jar. <laughs> Can I get some help, Hayes? <laughs> so here's what we're doing, you guys. Um, wonderful, beautiful idea brought to me by Mr. Mike Choi. We're going to be doing Chicago superlatives. Shout out to all you graduation kids and cats out there where we're going to be uh, bringing out a list and each of us are going to nominate which Chicago sports athlete from any sport during any time in Chicago sports history fits best this superlative. And it's just going to be a kickback, laid back, great time. And it's brought to you by betonline.ag today. So let's get it started. I think you guys, we're gonna, let's start with an easy one right now or maybe the most basic one. Let the audience kind of get into the mode of the game a little bit. We are going to start with best hair and the only way to start it with the best hair on the pod Dave Rispoli you're gonna go first my man <laughs> who would you like to nominate for best hair in Chicago sports history well this is tough Joey there's been some great hair um you know right off the bat we just gotta say uh we talked about this off air but Dennis Rodman could win all of these superlatives, technically. Him and Cutler, you know, you could just kind of interchange them in all of these. But I'm going to really save those. I'm going to utilize them for the perfect superlatives. So my vote for best hair, although the flowing locks of Joe Creedy was a great runner-up, I'm going to go with Joakim Noah. I Ooh, mean, yes. there's a lot of it. It's got volume. It's got curls. It looks good with a headband, no headband, let it loose, and it looks great grabbing a rebound. Yeah, it definitely looks like it gets the Marsha Brady 1,000 brushes a day, uh, which mm -hmm. is beautiful. You can wear it in many different forms, which he has. Uh, let's it loose, cuts it loose. It probably goes down to his ass. That's a great nominee. Let's hear some of the other nominees. Mike Choi, do you want to nominate someone? Yeah, I do, Joey. I'm going with a little uh, unconventional pick here, but uh, I am nominating – a Mr. Mike Ditka. Okay, oh. now you, you say, wait, why? You go, why? You go, why? Well, we're talking, uh, his, his name is Iron Mike. He's one of the toughest SOBs of all time. Hall of Fame tight end, a hot-headed, gum-throwing, shit-kicking head coach that, you know, per personified grit and that blue-collar work ethic in Chicago. And he had a perm for most of the early 80s. I mean, any guy that can pull off a perm in professional football, he's got the best hair of all time. So just to be clear, because this is a professional podcast, we are going perm Ditka. We are not going uh, chrome slick back hair, uh, zoot suit riot style. You're going perm Ditka? I mean, 
Joey, he had a perm. How many professional athletes can you say? Yeah, he had a perm. So, um, yeah, the slick back style, obviously that's iconic. But uh, that early 80s when they signed Dicka to be the head coach, he was sporting the perm in that press conference. And I want to hear, Aaron Hagel, who are you nominating for best hair? I'm going to piggyback off of Choi a little bit here, uh, hitting close to the uh, Dicka perm of the 80s. It's kind of a cheat, but I'm going to go with uh, Sweetness, Walter, with the iconic headband. He had uh, a little bit of the 80s kind of, you know, curl going on as well. But he had that, that white headband, I think, of the Ruse sponsor. Sometimes he had it flipped outside, you know, so he couldn't see the sponsor. But that iconic white headband of Walters, to me, is, is my favorite. I kind of forgot about that. He definitely had a little bit of uh, coming to America, soul gold glisten to it. Yeah, that's a beautiful head of hair. And this is perfect <laughs> because now all of a sudden we got two perms versus my nominee and Dave's nominee, which maybe we can kind of debate a little bit who's going to win. Cause guys, I'm going Jeff Samarja. Uh, I'm going the, <laughs> I'm going the long, I'm going the long locks, uh, the horsey hair, the mane, uh, whipping in the background. Didn't really matter. And part of that reason is uh, I do enjoy hair with confidence. It's not necessarily like a look for me. It's more like a, yes, I'm doing this and I'm proud about it. And Jeff Samarja never, ever, ever cut his hair. I think there was a rumor once when he was on, uh, I think it was when he was on Oakland, there was a midseason trade where he could possibly go to the Yankees. And it was actually like a part of the negotiations that he wasn't going to cut his hair. I like a man <laughs> who stands up for his hair. So I don't know, guys, who wants to hop in first? We got two long hair, beautiful hair gentlemen versus the perm. You know, who's going to win? Or which would you rather have if you had a choice and you had all the money in the world? Hags, hop in. I'm going to um, sidetrack just for a second here. I had a question to you guys. <clears throat> Who's had the worst hair in Chicago sports history? I don't know. I had Kobe White nominated, and I couldn't figure out if it was best hair or worst hair because that stuff, <laughs> his hair is crazy. Like, I love it. It goes in so many different forms, but I don't know how to feel about it. Anyone, anyone have a worst hair? I mean, Enjoy. you I'm have in. to kind of throw in uh, Patrick Kane's mullet, right? I mean, just anybody who sports a mullet, like that all automatically puts you on a top 10 worst list, right? And, uh, and, and weirdly, I, I want to throw Brian Urlacher in the worst hair because of the fact that after a career of being like the, uh, the Chicago Bear version of Michael Jordan, he uh, decides to become a restore hair product pitch man. And now he kind of looks like uh, Paint Manning who just ate somebody. Mr. Erlocker, fantastic job. You just got nominated to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What are you going to do? Uh, think about growing me some hair. Uh, hop in, Higgs. <laughs> yeah, I guess the reason why I came up with that question, because I immediately thought of, I forgot what year it was, but it was the year that Pippen decided to shave his head. Oh. It was all fucked up underneath, and it was like, it's like, uh, I don't know, like crops or something. It was like all bumpy and reverse cornrows. That was the worst. Reverse cornrows. <laughs> Yeah, and he had one of the better. Uh, yeah, was, he had one of the better. Um, he had a cool haircut. Yeah, he had one of the better flat tops in the game at the time. Yeah, which was yep. dumb. Which was a shame. It was a huge mistake. I love a good flat top. Yeah, it's a high, tall, like kid and play style, go all day. Like th that's fantastic. So, all right, that was kind of the warm up. I think uh, I think there's not too much to be debated there. All of them are pretty good. The Dicka perm, though, I found was an interesting wrinkle because I thought you were going to go slip back chrome. But let's keep it moving right now, and let's just go right into best nickname. Kind of tough. A lot of choices. A lot of things to consider here. I think, Choi, you're going to go first on this one. Best nickname for you. This 
There's a lot of choices. You can pick one or two if you want. Well, um, <laughs> this is because I'm a 12-year-old man-child. Um, I'm going to throw it back to, uh, I don't know how many people listen to our Bulls podcast, all-time draft podcast, but I'm sticking with Mr. Chubby Cox, 6'2 guard out of Villanova, uh, eighth round pick in 1978. His nickname was Chubby Cox. I mean, if, that's, if that just doesn't make you smile, I don't know what will. And uh, coincidentally, uncle of the late great Kobe Bryant. Oh, Chubby Cox? Uncle Chubby? Or Uncle Cox? Uncle Chubby? <laughs> yeah, Uncle, whichever, whichever you prefer. Uh, let's Chubby go to ha- Cox. Let's go to Hagel. Best nickname in Chicago sports history. So this one's a little bit of an inside joke between uh, Choi and I. Uh, so years ago, it's probably 04, 05. Um, you know, the Sox were good. On the back page of the Sun-Times, there's a huge picture of Scott Podsignick, Pods. And at that time, you know, Apple had the uh, iPod product that everybody had. Everybody had iPods. And the headline was Scotty iPods. And I was like, you got to be shit me, man. You're going to try and put a new nickname on this guy into Scotty iPods? So Choi and I would crack that joke all the time because it was the dumbest fucking nickname. It never stuck, luckily. So that's my favorite nickname. It was one that luckily never stuck on a Chicago White Sox player. Yeah, so what would happen now? Would it turn into, like, Scotty Tide Pods or something? Like, I don't... Ooh, <laughs> ooh, good, good one. one. That's a good one. What are we trying? All right, Joe. What are we all right. there? Don't ingest him. You'll never catch him. Uh, so, Scotty, Scotty iPods. Uh, iPods. I, I did nickname him on my own Peter Pan because he was always running on his toes, and he was a good-looking dude. I thought... He, <laughs> He would just never grow old. Dave, you got a best nickname. What are you thinking? Yeah, this one um, was given to him by fans, or should I say former fans. When I worked in the restaurant industry for many years in Chicago, there was one athlete you did not want to wait on because you were going to get a big old fat zero. I'm talking about no tipping, Scotty. Pippin. <laughs> There's no better nickname than No Tippin' Pippin, man. Dunzo. It says so, Joey, so much. Go ahead. So Respo- no, Respoli. So that, so that was actually true because, you know, that was always like a rumor. Like that yeah. was his nickname. But, like, I don't know if I've actually talked to anybody who actually got stiffed by him. So that was true. Oh, yeah. At Ed Bevix, he came in and, and he left a big, a big fat zero. But I'll say this. After watching The Last Dance, it's because he didn't have any money. <laughs> he, was, he, he wasn't getting paid very much. I mean, he had to really budget. So I don't actually fault him anymore. Yeah, it's way more understandable now these days. But yeah, like I remember hearing that story. And when we were working at Ed Debevix back in Chicago, we would actually would get a decent amount of athletes that would come in and out. Like literally, I waited on Jim Tomey one night with his kids. The dude downed two double bacon cheeseburgers and a double chocolate milkshake and then went and hit a three-run homer the next day. I mean, that's how you know that the dude, (laughs) the stomach is steel. Go ahead, Dave. I just, I mean, that that might be foreshadowing to another superlative in the future. Um, But I will also say, a side note, best athlete I've ever waited on, not Chicago, but Grant Hill, 100% tipper. Ooh. It's amazing. Left me a hundo on a hundo and was very nice. So is that uh, Grant Hill fills the till? Is that it? it (laughs) Joey, you're on fire. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Uh, I was also thinking of what is there a possible like 
worse nickname than No Tip and Pippin besides like, I don't know, don't let them use the bathroom bonds or something. I don't know, like when someone walks in, I can't really possibly think. So we've got Chubby Cox, we got No Tip and Pippin, and Hague's yours was uh, iPods, Scotty iPods. Scotty iPods. So I'm going to go. I'll oh, go for it. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 Joey, go, go, go. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with my pick right now, and I'm going to throw up a couple of runners-up, and if any of the runners-up kind of strike a nerve after I name mine, go ahead and we can riff on them. Uh, some of my favorites was obviously the worm, Dennis Rodman, again, making it into the category. Um, I did enjoy Cuddy, like just the whiskey, like the bite of that whiskey. I mean, Cuddy was – smoking Jay? Smoking Jay, also very good too as well, based off of a website, which was amazing. I had Sweetness, uh, The Fridge. Uh, Hawk for Andre Dawson, El Duque, which is also a great one, uh, short-lived, uh, but borrowed, and um, Steve McMichael's Mongo, Ryan Terrio's The Riot, just because that is literally his last name. But guys, I got to go with, honestly, I'm going with The Big Hurt. It says everything. It is a brand name. The dude was 6'5", huge, and for every time it, like, you know, he would just smoke balls all over the field, but and the funny part was, was some of my favorite stuff was when that big man would just kind of throw the stick out and kind of like duck snort a single like into the outfield for a base hit. But man, like nothing said better and nothing really encapsulated like the big hurt. And he's still to this day doing it. I mean, he had video games, he had shoes, the whole deal. Like, I think that perhaps is one of like the greatest ones. I mean, you've always got Air Jordan and everything, but I love the big hurt. Um, any of those that I listed that kind of caught your eye that I mentioned before? Higgs, how uh, I think. There's one that you didn't mention that that I still love, and uh, the Zen Master for Phil. I always thought that was cool. The Zen Master, I also had on here Jimmy Buckets, which was uh, very funny because uh, Stacey King gave Jimmy Butler that nickname before he was actually good. So we actually made fun of that nickname, if I remember correctly, for about two years of like, why is he calling a guy that averages 4.5 points a game? <laughs> Jimmy gets buckets. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. And then to the credit of the nickname, he actually grew into the nickname and became an all-star player, which I found to be found to be fairly impressive. Choi, hop in. Well, who was the better buckets on the bowl? Jimmy gets buckets or Dougie McBuckets? We had oh. two buckets on the Chicago Bulls. Oh, man, no, McBuckets, Dougie McBuckets was Dougie McNuggets. He was he was gross. He was he was, <laughs> he, he was the bozo guy. buckets. Yeah, he, yeah he, was, he was the bozo buckets. And when we're saying that, we mean like he can't get past bucket number two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a big hurt one for mine. Congratulations, Frank Thomas. We bestow that upon you. Um, let's keep it rolling right now because we got a lot to get to. Let's have a fun one with most likely to win a hot dog eating contest. Ugh. Could go a lot of different ways right now. Um, you could go girth. You could go stamina. You can go endurance. You could go heart. A lot of different ways to go. We're going to go Hague's first. Hagel, most likely to win a hot dog eating contest in Chicago sports history. All right, well, the easy one, you know, is the fridge, right? William Perry, that's easy, but um, I'm going to go after um, – uh, well, how about this? I'll just go with Bartolo Colon. <laughs> I didn't have that on there. Fantastic. Only, only, only pitched for the Sox for a little bit, but that, that, that was the first guy that I thought I was going to pick. I'm thinking maybe Bobby Jenks. Um, or maybe Zambrano, but, but let's be real. Yeah, Cologne. Jenks versus the Toad. Who wins? The and toad. I'm sure uh, during his stint with the Sox, he was probably eating more uh, dogs with grilled onions than he was uh, throwing the ball around. 
I'm sure he was a happy camper at Comiskey. Just like I remember his like huge, strong, pudgy hands gripping that tiny baseball, and you can see him just gingerly holding a hot dog and just eating it like it's like like it's Skittles, like one hot dog per Skittles. I like it. That's a good guy to throw in the ring for sure. And I figure the faster he was throwing, the quicker the game could get over, and the sooner he could eat. <laughs> the bigger. I'm gonna need some sweatpants for this one, Choi. Uh, we're gonna go to you. Most likely to win a hot dog eating contest. Very prestigious award that we're bestowing right now. And uh, that's why I had to make sure I did a deep dive on this category. And I am <laughs> nominating. Uh, <laughs> if it's Chubby Cox again, I don't know what we're Oh, my say. God. That was, I, I, why didn't I not even think of that? Um, I am going with Aaron Gibson. He was a lineman for the Chicago Bears in 2003. Oh, yeah. uh, All-American from Wisconsin. Let me, let, me, let me give you a little fact, guys. He weighed 440 pounds in high school. Now, to give you a little reference point, we talk about all-time huge guys, right? Uh, William, the refrigerator pair of that Perry that we kind of talked about previous, you know, he always kind of ranged right around, you know, 340-ish, and that was considered, like, huge, right? When he was – when Aaron Gibson was on the Cowboys, he, he slimmed down, weighing only 410 pounds, which made him the heaviest player in NFL history. So if any guy could throw down hot dogs, it was Aaron Gibson. <laughs> He went from chocolate frosted pop tarts to just the strawberry, which was four hundred forty pounds in high school. Oh, that's <laughs> that's how tall was he? Do you know? Yeah, six six, so uh, pretty tall guy. Oh man, I was gonna be terrified if you said like five seven, five eight, or something <laughs> like that. That's, that's not gonna work. It's not gonna work at all. Wow, Aaron Gibson out of nowhere, Dave. Uh, who are you gonna nominate for most likely to win a hot dog eating contest? Well, I gotta be honest. I had to scratch off Bartolo Colon. Um, (laughs) snaked him Hagel you snaked him Um, look there's a lot of big guys to choose from Uh, Joey I honestly was really thinking about Jim Tomey because we have firsthand experience that that man (laughs) can down a ton of food and then go perform I've seen him hold his child while eat a double bacon cheeseburger (laughs) probably at at the same time I was like how this you are an incredible sir you're an incredible it's unbelievable Unbelievable. Um, Bobby Jenks is definitely up there, as Hagel said. But I'm going to go with a guy I know gets after it. He gets after it every time. Just imagine a quarterback is a hot dog and he's going to go for it. Um, I mean, Mac, Khalil, I mean, would he not put him to the test? Would he not win? It just like, he's going to get it done, okay? You, you could just put the little, like, um, you could dress up each hot dog to be, like, you know, one that would look like Aaron Rodgers, put some cheese on it. You could dress up one to look like Kirk Cousins. It'd be very skinny and it would taste bad. You know, you could dress up all the Matt hot Stafford's dogs. Matt Stafford's would be kind of broken. And- yeah, and he would just go after it and get it done. Ooh, I like that. I didn't really think about that because I do have Mac in a different category at some point, which we will get to a little bit later. Yeah. But Mac, Mac loves his snacks, and I'm kind of thinking he's got the handwork, right? Because you're thinking about the plate of hot dogs on the plate at once. you got to have someone with the deft amount of hands to be able to shovel it in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of <laughs> a little out of left field, but I like it. And probably the best-looking guy that we have so far in the hot dog eating contest, which is always good. Yeah. you got to keep it up for appearances. I'm going to go with – I did have a runner-up, Keith, Keith the Tractor Trailer uh, from the 2001 Bears. Uh, big boy, really like 
his chin is like where his stomach began. If you look at pictures of him, which is pretty incredible, big long canvas of a torso. I mean, Bob Ross could do a beautiful, you know, winter painting on the dude's torso. I like him a lot, but Dave, you're going to like this one. I'm going Joe Creedy guys. And we're talking, this is a hot dog <laughs> eating contest today, my friends. And oh boy. The man at the hot corner. So wait a second. Bullets are flying. Hot dogs are being eaten. Nothing's getting by this guy. All right. He's scooping up all the <laughs> hot dogs. And I got to be honest, I love you, Joe Creedy. You're a World Series champ. But I mean, if we've looked at recent pictures of him, the man's had an Oscar Meyer recently. Um, this is just something, <laughs> this has been happening. Um, and uh, I'm going with someone who's a champion. Uh, I'm going with someone with sure hands. I don't want to make sure no hot dogs are hitting the floor. They're all going into the gullet. I'm going with Joe Creedy on this one. Kind of a little bit of a surprise. Um, current, current Joe Creedy. And I, I love yeah, that picture. Yeah, current Joe Creedy, not past Joe Creedy. Go ahead, Higgs. No, just one person I just thought of that I didn't think about before who would destroy anybody in a contest because he's so competitive, and that's Mr. Michael Jordan. You don't think this guy would jam as many hot dogs down his throat to beat whoever he's going against? Aaron Gibson, 440. This guy can eat 60 hot dogs. I'm going to do 75. He would die in order to win by eating all those hot dogs. The only man to have $65,000 on the line for a hot dog. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He would just say something like, Man, Oscar Meyer, he said I couldn't do it. And <laughs> so I Ball. ate, I dropped 70 hot dogs the next night. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Who's Ballpark Frank? How many rings yeah. does Ballpark Frank have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. That's, exactly. yeah, that, that's what I thought. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. Jamming Jordan. That's a whole new different way of looking at it right now. I'm <laughs> totally with you. Um, so let's get into a juicy one now. We've got a couple to like really sort of warm up right now. And uh, let's get into most likely to make your dad nervous if this athlete took your mom out to dinner. So now, most likely, you know, it's after the game. You guys all go to the game together. This athlete comes up to your mom and goes, I'd love to take you out for dinner. And, you know, I'm not saying that nothing, nothing with the moms, all respect to the moms, but you personally would be nervous because this guy is a total player in Chicago sports history. Uh, we're going to go Dave first on this one. Dave, who makes well, you nervous? Well, there's a few, there's a few um, caveats here, you know, that just depends. Um, if I saw uh, my mother getting in a Lamborghini with Lance Briggs, I would be very nervous. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, as we mentioned before, Scotty iPods, very good looking, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm going to get very specific, and I just want you to think of Matt Forte's biceps in training camp about five years ago. Good God. Scary. Scary. You know, the beach is that way, and uh, I think Matt Forte would would put the fear into my father for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, beyond... <laughs> Beyond just being a gentleman and everything, I just, I just don't yeah, think. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just think he's a really good-looking guy, and uh, those biceps, I still have uh, dreams and nightmares about them. So, <laughs> High percentage chance of Matt Forte going sleeveless for the dinner? Oh, he'd, for sure. He'd wear a shirt, but it'd be no sleeves, right? Yeah, it'd be a but shirt and tie. That beard would be well-trimmed. <laughs> yeah, perfectly trimmed, tats on point. Seems like a gentleman, but let's be real. If he's taking your mom out, 
He's going to take that dump off and take it to the house. Okay. <laughs> what's happening. The check down, the screen, yeah. the, sc the screen pass. You never saw coming joy. Yeah. Most likely to make your dad nervous that this athlete took your mom out to dinner. Well, first of all, I just hope my mom wasn't named Cindy Sandberg because boy, does she get around on those late 80s Chicago's Cubs, okay? Um, <laughs> like Rafael Palmero, Dave Martinez. She caused a Hall of Famer to retire from baseball. That's Cindy, that's Cindy Sandberg for you. Um, but uh, my choice is going to be, he um, was a member of the uh, second three-peat Bulls, a power forward out of Alabama, and his name is Jason Caffey. And that's oh, really? That's because, ladies and gentlemen, he had 10 kids with eight different women. So you know your mom's coming home pregnant if she's going out to dinner with Jason Caffey. He, think about that, 10 kids. So not only could he field a basketball team, he could field both teams for a game. Think about that. He, his career average was 7.3 points a game. He had more kids than his career scoring average. Boy, did that guy score all right. Oh, man. Yeah, that definitely makes you nervous, right? You're like, oh, man, how many more brothers and sisters am I going to get? How many less, you know, how many less holiday presents am I going to get? What's going to happen here? Like, Jason Caffey. Wow. I mean, that would, that would make you nervous also, too, because you're like, why are you going out with Jason Caffey? He's like the ninth man off the bench. <laughs> we can't do he, better he, here? He well made up for being on that championship team. With, uh, he, 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 uh, he wore that championship ring with pride out in the city of Chicago. Where, where is he taking her for dinner? Jasper's Diner off Waukegan? What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Hagel, you are up. Uh, most likely to make your dad nervous if an athlete took your mom out to dinner. Who's getting you sweating? Uh, well, well the, person, the person I'm picking not only um, you know, make my dad nervous, but also make me nervous because I'm going to pick a person that my, my wife, Melissa, has had the biggest sports crush on since she was a kid. Ooh. This person's part of the 85 Bears defense, one of the all-time Bears defense. Oh, that yeah, baby. Is uh, Mr. Gary Fensick. Gary Fensick. Yeah, the <laughs> ladies love Gary Fensick. Fensick. Good looking. Smooth. Clean-shaven guy. Uh, you know, she's always had a crush on him. And so she, the fence that went out with my mom, yes, I would be very, very nervous that she could easily. But he's, he seems like a nice guy, though, you know. So at the same time, is it that bad? I don't know, but I could see him uh, sweeping <laughs> no, her off. No, I don't think he can walk through a Bears convention without it turning into, like, a that thing you do situation. Seriously, like, I'm with you, man. All my aunts are just like, Gary Fensick. Like, what a dream. Yeah, um, yeah that one's tough. I mean – Probably out of the all these so far, the best stepdad situation that you could ask for. Uh, oh, by but far, uh, yeah. yeah, by far, by far. But Gary Fensick, Gary Fensick off the board. Um, this is one of the few ones where I don't have any runner-ups. I don't have any options. But I will say this: um, my mom, who I love very much, single lady later in life. Uh, so I like to I like to joke around with her about different guys that she should date in life. You know, I always am trying to promote Tom Selleck. Uh, if possible, don't ever say no to Tom Selleck if you ask out for a date. And for years, uh, I had a running joke about how she should date Tom Thibodeau. And I would always tell her that, you know, Tom Thibodeau's favorite things are he likes reading books and he likes basketball and he likes hot meals. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. And he actually said that in an interview once. And I was just like, this guy is perfect. He'll never be around. You know what I mean? Like. He likes hot meals. Who doesn't? He'll read a book. So you're spending time together, but you're not talking. But um, <laughs> Thibodeau did not make this list. I'm going with Mark Grace, guys. I mean, 
Mark Grace. Aye, aye, aye. I mean, the dude is like a walking Kevin Costner. Uh, always with the two to three days stubble. Um, smoking a Marlboro Red like he don't give a shit. Um, you know he loves a you know he loves a night of like Miller Lights with margaritas. You know what I mean? He'll do whatever. He'll do karaoke. Um, I just think he'd show her like the night of her life, and uh, I just don't know what would happen after that. Uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> and as much as I want to think Mark Grace is a good guy, he also just sort of seems like the dude that's just like like kind of scruffing my hair, and then just kind of walking in and just raiding the fridge with all the cold cuts, the cold cuts that I wanted to eat because I was a chubby kid growing up. Can't do Mark Grace. Yeah. Uh, Mark Grace is the one that probably scares me the most. Um, and I just don't think it would ever happen. I think that happened to a lot of Chicago, Chicago ladies back in the early 90s. Go ahead, Choi. Well, I, I just might be misremembering this, but didn't he also have – I don't know if it was Sandberg's wife, but didn't, wasn't there something with him about a um, little promiscuity with some, some club uh, with some uh, other Cubs wives? Um, the, rumor, the rumor is Dave Martinez and Paul Merrow. Um, yes yeah 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 with Sandberg's wife but um in terms no of grace in terms of Gracie not not to my okay. not to my knowledge unless he just basically you know he left no stone unturned and every member on the team had it happened to him so it's kind of like oh we all can't be upset because you know he shared with the rest of the class as in sharing everyone else's wives with them Mark Grace uh good looking dude smooth swinging guy got the tough construction hands the ladies like that got the blue eyes uh, the bad boy with the Marlboro Reds. I mean, I don't know. That's just a tough one for me. Um, we're going to keep rolling, but we have to do a quick word from our sponsor real quick. And our sponsor, as has been the last couple of weeks, proud to announce our sponsor today is betonline.ag. So while you're waiting it out at home, you can still have fun betting with your partner, betonline.ag. No NBA yet coming up. No NHL, no MLB, but don't worry. BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. There are Madden and NBA 2K simulations every single day. UFC has matches almost every single week. An online casino, poker, and blackjack tournaments to make some cash on. And also don't forget that golf match last week with Phil and Tiger and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning was pretty cool. Hopefully they do some more of that. So be sure to also check out the final dance with Roundtable Interviews. Ex-Bulls, Ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the Michael Jordan doc in full. That's also on betonline.ag, and there's tons more fun to be had. So why don't you go and check out the website today and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus and your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, and use the promo code MYPOD100, M-Y-P-O-D-100, your online wagering solution Back to the pod, guys. Let's just get to the one that we've all been waiting for. It's right in the meat of the sandwich. Most likely to get punched in the face <laughs> during an away trip and or most likely Chicago athlete you would most personally want to punch. We're here. It's finally happened. This could be a clean sweep. I'm not totally sure, but let's go to Choi first for this one. Choi, who's your most likely to get punched? You know, Joey, <laughs> um... I could go with the obvious selection, which uh, was the whole reason that this podcast even uh, came to be. But um, once again, I'm going to go a little outside the box. Um, let me just preface this by saying that all kickers, a high percentage of them, if you look at a kicker, you probably want to punch that kicker in the face. <laughs> Through no fault of their own, you see a kicker, you probably want to punch them. So I am going with Cody Double Doink Parkey. Misses that 43-yard field goal with 10 seconds left against the Eagles in that 2018 wildcard game. I mean, just the uh, butterfly effect of what would have happened if uh, they would have won that game. You know, they did a 
Bears go on to win the Super Bowl, does Jay uh, Jay Cutler? God, I'm I'm going crazy here. Does Mitch Trubisky become a you know franchise quarterback? I mean, all the questions just you know. I mean, it was that was one of the most devastating losses I've ever experienced. So yeah, Cody Parkey deserves a punch to the mouth. And let's just do a quick. timeline here with Cody Parkey for all those people that maybe aren't quite familiar with Cody Parkey and just remember that double joint kick and that's it let's all remember here that dude missed 10 field goals that season 10 10 field goals and not only that but it cost us two games previous to that on top of that he also did the thing that I hate the most out of an athlete where when you're really, really struggling, you don't kind of just own up to it and say that you're responsible, you're accountable. He kept saying over and over again, I have all the confidence in the world. I'm a Pro Bowl kicker, yada, 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 on and on and on, which just would infuriate us even more, which is kind of like slowly like lets the fist raise a little bit, the fingers closing around the hand. Um, I mean, let's just go around the room. Dave, do you want to punch Cody Parkey? Big time. (laughs) Big old punch. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> right in the face hey, hey, a little smack him a little backhand smack him around a little bit all right so that's a great that's a great nominee right now that's gonna be really tough to beat uh Hags, uh most likely uh to get punched on a weight trip or most the guy that you'd like to punch uh i'm gonna choose uh the person i'd most like to punch to me it's not even close and that is bill lambeer he might be my all-time <laughs> least favorite athlete ever he was not only a huge asshole, but, you know, beaten up on the bulls. And the biggest asshole thing is the fact that today he says he'd still do the same thing. He still hates the bulls, blah, blah, blah. He is just a big bully, piece of shit asshole, and I hate him. <laughs> the end. Good night, kids. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then the weird ironic thing, too, is that Bill Beer is actually a fairly successful women's basketball coach. But he's, like got, but he's gotten criticized and fined for being like a bully, even in that arena too, as well. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah, he's, sorry. I mean, so I guess my question for you real quick is, you know, you're walking down an alley, Bill Lambeer's walking towards you. I mean, do you say something to him? Do you got a catchphrase to Sam? Are you just going like sucker punch to the kidney? Or are you going straight for the jaw? Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you thinking here? Dude, Bill Lambeer is huge. He would destroy me. He's like, <laughs> Was he like six ten? I don't know, two fifty or something like. And the guys, the guys actually fought a lot of people. Oh he, come he, on! He, he, I'm sure he'd still scrap. He'd flop. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to get a punch in, but I, I don't know, man. Lampier's a big dude. <laughs> he'd flop, officer. He'd flop. Dave, uh, most likely to get punched on a away trip, or most likely that you'd like to punch in the face. Chicago sports history. Yeah, well, I'm not allowed to say Isaiah Thomas because he didn't play for Chicago. Grew up in Chicago, though. Yeah, I, I'll punch him then. <laughs> um, He's back in the ring. Shake his hand. Um, okay, so let, this was hard, Joey. Um, I mean, first that came to mind. You guys can't see right now what's behind Choi, but I mean, AJ Pierzynski, a lot of people think like, yeah, very punchable. But as a Sox fan, love having that kind of guy on our team, getting in the heads of the opponent, riling them up always led to a little bit of a rally, if I remember correctly. Um, So for me, I went a little outside the rules, Joe. He's not technically an athlete, but he's certainly in charge of them. 
And I thought there's a ton of players on the Bears I would probably like to punch in the face. But why not just go to the source of the guy who's responsible for him? I'm going to punch Ryan Pace. <laughs> punch Pace in the face. Let's get it trending. <laughs> Hashtag punch Pace in the face. Um, still, we still believe in Mitch. Uh, we really think he's got a lot. He's got a lot. Get of big out future. of here. Left hook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think I just will. Joey, I will never forget the time we were in Buffalo Wild Wings and we saw that the Bulls are the Bulls. The Bears move up one pick. And we, the whole bar was chanting Deshaun Watson, and we just were so excited until they read the name Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I'll never get over it. I'm punching him. And we went, what? <laughs> uh, we blew get, it. We blew it. Can I get another? Uh, can I get another snack piece of Caribbean jerk, please? Because I'm, I'm gonna lose my mind here. Actually, I'm gonna uh, kick it up to Habanero now. I just need to get some. Sweat and tears going. How do, I, how do I blow this out of my body? Uh, that's a great pick. Got to be honest, guys. Super surprised and actually very proud of you that you did not pick Jay Cutler. Uh, easy target. Easy, easy face to punch. I'm glad you guys didn't take the easy way out on that one. Um, because personally, I don't mind Jay Cutler's personality. I just kind of minded his ability on the field. So I'm going to kind of go with a guy that checks both boxes. Guy that most likely a teammate I feel like would want to punch and most likely a probably dude that I would want to punch. I'm going Jake Peavy. Uh, Jake, Jake Peavy. Uh, what can I say here? Um, the so, bulldog. Yeah, the bulldog. Uh, the grinder. The workhorse. Uh, brought him over. Big, huge trade from San Diego. Dog shit team on the Padres. Came over to be our ace. Talked a big game. Got hurt, I feel like, every other start for the first year or so. Came back. And then, honestly, just never really recaptured anything that I would probably consider beyond maybe third or fourth starter status, but still had that ace mentality, always barking at people, always screaming after throwing pitches. I personally, as a former catcher, do not really enjoy that, uh, that type of mentality unless it is that true big moment that finishes an inning. Like if you strike a, a guy out on a curveball in the second inning, I really don't need you screaming at anybody. Uh, that is Jake Peavy in a nutshell. Was never really – I bet you he was a good dude off the field, but was never really great with reporters uh, in general. And um, I don't know. He just doesn't seem like he'd be my cup of tea. I, I don't know. I'm not too sure. I don't think we'd like the same music. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to go out and limb there and say Jake Peavy. Uh, we're going to move on. Let's just hit a, let's hit a quick one. Most likely to be a horrible head coach. Um, this is a little, uh, this is a little bit more esoteric. This is a little bit more out there. Higgs, we're going to go first. Most likely to be a horrible head coach. Oh, baby. Um, I'm going to have a couple choices here, but I'm going to go. Oh, Sammy Sosa, I think. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Sosa, you know, great player. I actually like Sosa when he was on the Sox. This is pre-Roids. Uh, but then, you know, he did all the Roids and all that stuff. He's a goofball. Um, I just don't – I just think he's all instincts. I don't know. Maybe he's a smart baseball player. I have no idea. He just appears not to be a very smart person in general. Um, and I don't think he would really get people behind him. He just doesn't seem like – he just doesn't seem like he could lead a group of people. I just think yeah, like he does I, his own thing and, and like that's it. Yeah, he was never really known for being a good 
teammate. Um, and the, the, famous, the famous story of Kerry Wood taking a bat to his boombox after a particular loss, I think, really highlights the fact that he wouldn't have been doing it. Didn't really think about that one. That one is a pretty good one, though. Dave, uh, most likely to be a horrible head coach. Well, it would be like having two head coaches that are both locker room poison and divas. Brandon Marshall is my pick. <laughs> Slam dunk. Horrible head coach. Horrible teammate. You name it. Would hate to have him. Uh, my runner-up was Tressman, Lovey Smith, John Fox. Uh, oh, wait. Those were actual horrible. They were real coaches. Hold on. Oh, whoopsie, whoopsie. Oh, Professor Snape. Oh man, we were we had to, we had to cover him for the XFL. That was the best part was that we still had to, <laughs> still had to talk. We're like we're gonna believe, we're gonna believe in each other. We're gonna hold hands. We're gonna lock arms, and we're gonna do this together as a family. Uh, Mike Choi, most likely to be a horrible head coach. Dave, talk about good cop, bad cop with Brandon Marshall and his personalities, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> oh man, you know what um, are we gonna get today? Oh no. <laughs> You know, uh, I at first I was thinking about Carlos Zambrano, right? Because I mean, this guy firing, oh, yeah. right? He, I mean, he got more fights with his teammates than he did with other teams. So I, I can't imagine uh, how he would be as a head coach. But I think the obvious choice here is Michael Jordan. Ah, uh, you took mine, Jordan. Abs- absolutely. I mean, we've all seen the last dance, right? We've all seen how maniacal he is. We've all seen how he berates and belittles his teammates. So I cannot even imagine. Michael Jordan's post-game speeches after a 10-game a losing streak on the current Bulls. I mean, he would make Jim Boylan, both of the Jim Boylans that have coached the Chicago Bulls, Bulls look like John Wooden. Um, so, uh, yeah, that team, that team would either have a mental breakdown or do a complete revolt. So we've seen how he's uh, handled the Washington Wizards. We've seen how he currently handles the uh, Charlotte uh, Hornets. So, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he would be a horrible head coach. Hop in, Dave. Yeah, practice after that with the the bulls players would be like how was a uh, practice and they'd be like coach just made us play him one-on-one again uh <laughs> he beat us and then he told us we're a bunch of pussies and then we left uh <laughs> and then he punched me in the face <laughs> yeah yeah really didn't get much accomplished <laughs> like uh mike Bre- mike breen's on the call and he's just like bulls down by nine let's take a look at the bench and they're all crying uh the entire <laughs> bench is in tears and uh Everybody keeps flinching every time Michael walks by. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're all protecting their balls as he walks by, uh, hoping that he doesn't tap them. uh, Oh, no projectile (laughs) coming. Oh, not this time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But everyone Uh, covered. Joy, man, we're we're synced up, man. I think uh, it never (laughs) happened for a reason. I never want it to happen. And for the sake of uh, the prospective NBA players that would be on that team, I hope that it never does happen. Let's get into the let's get into meat. Let's get into some of my favorites, guys. Yeah, let's do it. I want to get most likely to end up a professional wrestler, and please give the professional wrestling name that you would give it to it. Dave, I, you're excited. I want you to go first, man. Yeah, before I do, I wanted to list off. I did a little research, Joey. This is an actual list of Chicago athletes that did end up becoming <laughs> professional wrestlers. Oh, no way. Please. Yes. Share. We will start with former Bear Laverne Gagney. We have uh, <laughs> Steve Mongo McMichael, of course, ended up in the WCW and the Four Horsemen. William Perry. Went on to, they used the full The Refrigerator as his wrestling name. And of course, Dennis Rodman, instead of going to practice, I'm going to the (laughs) wrestling show. 
the worm Dennis Rodman ended up in the NWO and he's NWO for life. Um, this one I feel really good about. I'm a big wrestling fan, so I've actually come up with who it is, his wrestling name, and what his storyline would be. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I love this. He would be introduced as Vince McMahon's personal bodyguard. He would be called the Lackey, Brian Erlacher. Huh? Oh, I love it. Bald though, correct? Gotta be bald, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be Vince's like number one thing. They'd be like, you gotta go get rid of the hair again. Yeah, stop promoting that company. Out comes get Paris Hilton. Take on the ass. And he just like stands in front of him. They wouldn't let him cut any promos, but I think the lackey would catch on. Oh, I love that. That's great. Um his personal bodyguard, protect and serve. Uh, Hags, uh, most likely to become a professional wrestler and give the professional wrestling name. Uh, for you listeners at home, you can't see behind Choi, but I think somebody referenced it earlier. There's a picture of AJ getting decked by Barrett. So I picked, uh, I picked AJ as my, as my wrestler. And because of that play, if you remember, he bowls over Barrett. He turns over, slaps home plate as hard as he can. <laughs> So I came up with the name Slappy Pappy. <laughs> and AJ would be like that annoying villain who like just annoys the shit out of everybody. He's not scary like an Undertaker kind of guy. He's not cut. He's not ripped. He's not going to rip your head off. He just annoys the shit out of you. He cheats all the time. Yeah, like Lawler, Lawler on the call is like, he's a degenerate. That's Slappy. That's Slappy Pappy. He's a little, oh, I can't. Someone's got to do something. <laughs> he's got a manager who helps him win all the matches. You know, he's about to get pinned, puts his leg on the rope. You know, you can't, you can't tag somebody on the leg. Slappy the Pappy. So does he, like, bring out a home plate and then he tries to, like. That's his finishing move. He, like, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he spins yeah. around. He just slaps him in the face with the home plate. Uh-huh. And, and then one, two, three slaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I had AJ on there your name is way better than mine mine was the zinker uh just because there could be some sort of move some sort of way that you'd zinc somebody i don't know uh <laughs> yours is way better Choi, uh most likely end up a professional wrestler add wrestler name is there any better uh person who could have potentially been a professional wrestler than joakim noah Mm. I, I mean, just think about it. He has the crazy hair. He has that gap in his tooth. He's seven foot. He's got those monster biceps. I mean, like, he's the perfect wrestler. And uh, his name would be their Tornado based off of his unorthodox jump shot. And that would be his, actually his setup move because everyone would be staring in the air wondering where that ball would be going. And then while they're looking at it, you would just punch him in the nuts. And then his finishing move would be his, you know, patented, uh, patented uh, you know, shooting the, the, his two six shooters in the air. So, and, uh, I, I, and I already know the costume he would wear. He would break out his draft day uh, tuxedo, that, that uh, cream-colored, <laughs> yeah, seersucker uh, cream-colored suit with the bow tie. I mean, I mean, he's he's natural for the uh, for professional wrestling. There'd have to be some sort of weed smoke, like cannon situation, or some way that he could fog fog the opposing wrestler with some some type of weed smoke. Uh, the chill- Robert Parrish can come out. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> the chief. Here comes the chief. Uh, chief. Yeah, Joe, Joe, the tornado Noah. Uh, I like that one. Um, I had I had a couple here. I had you know Brandon Saad had the kneel before Zod thing uh, during the playoffs. I thought he could have done a Superman type of deal, but I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Carl Everett. 
And here's my, my thing yeah. on Carl Everett. <laughs> his wrestling name is the dinosaur. Uh, so the lights go down and it's like a Jurassic Park thing. And then he just kind of comes out and his catchphrase is, do you believe in me? And like, it's all about like, do you believe in me? Um, Cause Carl Everett doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Uh, and that would be kind of his call and refrain. And he would be, he'd be the dinosaur. And that would kind of be his tactic. Hop in Higgs. Well, and, and his theme song has got to be the uh, famous 80s song by Was Not Was, Everybody Walk the Dinosaur. Right? Yes. I mean, yeah. that's every his intro song. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Dave, hop in. Am I allowed to just segue into another superlative? Yes. Um, I had Carl Everett down as most likely to get caught up into a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, Me yeah, too. because, I mean, if you can be convinced that dinosaurs do not exist, what can't you be duped into, right? <laughs> what else? What else could possibly happen? Carl Everett. Good Man. God. Got some yeah, opinions. Got some thoughts. Drives and runs. Uh, that's, that's about it. Uh, yeah, most likely to be duped into a pyramid scheme. Um, I had, uh, it was kind of a tie between um, Terry Bevington, one of the worst White Sox managers of all time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, come on, guys. It's Rex Grossman, right? I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> it's Rex. Um, you know, Rex, uh, Rex doesn't mind taking chances. Rex is a guy who only looks forward. He doesn't look about all the other variables, the peripherals. And uh, he's just out there to chuck the rock. And that rock is life. Um, and for him, I think he would sign up right away. So I'm going Rex Grossman for to be caught up in a duped in a pyramid scheme. We've also got Carl Everett. Dave, hop in. I was just going to say, for $15, Joey, we could get Rex Grossman to do all the um, live reads for you on this podcast. I'm positive. On Cameo? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. mean, I don't know. Can I trust for him? For 15 bucks. <laughs> can, can I trust him? Or am I going to get good Rex? I mean, I don't know. I, 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 like, I, le- I like betonline.ag, Dave. That's the problem. I, I actually Fair. like them as a sponsor. Uh, Choi, Fair. most likely to be duped into a pyramid scheme. Well, originally, I was going to go with Adam LaRoche because he would have done the Ponzi scheme just out of spite. Uh, the dude walked away from $13 million because he got butthurt because Kenny Williams wouldn't let his son in the locker room for spring training games. So, I mean, that guy was uh, at first at the top of my list. But then doing the research, uh, I'm going with three fingers Mordecai Brown, Hall of Fame pitcher for the Cubs uh, in the early 1900s. Um, this dude, you're going after the seniors is what you're saying. You're going after the senior well, citizens on this one. And this guy's not that smart because basically the reason he became three fingers Mordecai Brown is that his brothers dared him to put his hand in the family corn machine. And so he put his hand in the corn machine, chopped off two of his <laughs> fingers. That's how he became three fingers Mordecai Brown. So if you can <laughs> convince your uh, dude to put his hand in a corn chipper, that guy is going <laughs> to fall for a Ponzi scheme every day. Perhaps I could interest you in this timeshare down by Key West, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mordecai, Mr. Mordecai Brown. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a bad dare. That's a bad dare to take. I think like you know Michael J. Fox uh, being called like a chicken in Back to the Future is kind of that base level there. Mordecai Brown is many many levels underneath that. And levels of stupid. Hags most likely to be duped into a pyramid scheme. Uh, I'm going to dip back into my own well here. I nominated him for the worst coach. I'm going back and get it to my main man, Sammy Sosa. If somebody told him to bleach his skin and it's going to make him look cool, and he does, of course he's going to be duped into some kind of pyramid scheme. I mean, what has that guy done? It's insane what he's done 
to his skin. I don't know if he's got some skin problems or whatever, uh, but you can go back to making the, the poor choice of taking steroids, corking your bat, pick any of the dumb things that Sammy Sells has done through the years, and I'm sure you could probably get him to buy into a pyramid scheme. Sammy, Bubby, baby, look, all right, you're going to get your money back, all right? You're going to get back first, okay? But I just need you to <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Uh, yeah, Sammy Sosa, two-time winner for Hagels today. Uh, big win in the yearbook. Big win in the Chicago Sports yearbook. Um, I want to hit a big one that is perhaps probably my favorite, and then we're going to kind of finish it up with a little bit of a lightning round. Um, this is my favorite one. Person you'd most want to see start a band and then name the fake band. I've got a couple of options here. So if you guys got a couple options too as well, please feel free to just let it loose. Choi, you can go first on this one. Let me paint a picture for you guys. <laughs> the year is 2005. YouTube launches for the first time. Tom Cruise jumps on Oprah's couch. Lance, Lance Armstrong is the darling of America winning his seventh straight tour to France. And an upstart baseball team on the south side of Chicago is making its run towards history. That's right, that's the Chicago White Sox. And what became their unofficial theme song that year was Journey's Don't Stop Believing. Now, I don't know if this is a, an apocryphal story, but legend has it that uh, A.J. Brzezinski, who's come up multiple times in this podcast, Aaron Rowan and Joe Creedy, um, you know, they're, they're kind of struggling. They've lost a 15-game lead to the Cleveland Indians, and they're, you know, they're going out on town to kind of blow off some steam, come upon a a journey cover band at one of the bars that they uh, visit. And then the next day, Pruszynski says uh, to the organization, let's, uh, let's blast uh, Don't Stop Believing on the loudspeakers. They end a seven-game losing streak that night. That song gets played for every home game for the rest of the year. White Sox go on to win the World Series. I mean, it, it, it's a cover band. AJ, AJ uh, Creedy, Rowan, I mean, they're, they're, uh, the name would be Lord of the Rings, of course, and they'd be playing uh, Roadhouses in Lake County, and maybe every once in a while they'd do a show at the Brown Bottle. I mean, that, that, that's a natural. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Definitely definitely got some Mellencamp covers in there, let's be honest. Uh, Free Fallen is a no-doubter, probably, in that scenario. Um, I like that. I like that. They keep the band together. And if I remember correctly, I think Neil Cox was also involved in that too as well. So if you need a keyboard player or for saxophone player, <laughs> you probably get Neil Cox in there. Um, I do like that. That's a great start. Let's do Dave. Dave, uh, most uh, Chicago athlete you'd love to see start a band. And what is the name of that fake band? Well, as I said up top, you have to pick and choose your shots for Dennis Rodman. And I can't think <laughs> – of a more apropos Chicago athlete. It would be a hardcore band and Dennis Rodman would just be doing spoken word poetry over it. <laughs> They'd be called Early Bird Gets the Worm. <laughs> I would, would watch, would watch that show. I'd be front row. So it's like a Portis me, me head BJ Armstrong. Yeah, you and BJ. <laughs> yeah. So it's like kind of a Bjork thing, like or maybe Bjork yeah. would actually want a guest on it and like kind of do a co-star. He's how many times has Rodman cried during that show? He's the worm. <laughs> uh, Rodman cries uh, at least three and definitely twice during the encore that no one asked for. 
<laughs> yeah, these days too, if there's any Botox situation. Early Bird Gets the Worm. Very fun. Uh, the album name I can imagine is probably like 50 words long or something. Or uh, it's just called Vegas, one of the two. Uh, <laughs> Higgs, uh, person you most want to see start a fake band and name the fake band. Well, this, this man was known for being a bruiser on the field, but off the field, he had a sweet, gentle voice, maybe even a little high. And I just imagine this guy being the, the lead singer of like a male singing group from like the 70s, you know, real smooth. And that'd be Walter Payton. He'd be the lead singer of the group. And I'm surprised no band has ever been called this before, but they'd be called simply the Bears. Has there ever been a band name called the Bears? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> kind of crazy. I was like, oh, they call the Bears. I'm like, oh, that's too easy. I was like, wait, actually, I don't think there's ever been a band named the Bears, which is crazy. No, I mean, there's, well, there's Grizzly Bear. and like uh, Dave, hop in. Would it be D.A. Bears? You know what I mean? Would, it, would, <laughs> would the name be Da Bears? Uh, well, this is pretty super fan, so I'm just going to yeah. go through. They're going to be real smooth. They're, okay. Just, he's, he's, got, he's, he's you know, hit with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Headband is off, just crooning. And he's already got a built-in backup singers because the, you know, the Bears are the Super Bowl shuffle, so That's he's already right. got That's some right. singers in the, in the, the, on the team already. Doo-wop. So, yeah. Well, oh, my you know, God. Bears. It sort of feels – I mean, you've got, you got Walter Payton fronting it up, so it could maybe have a little bit – more of like a tempo to it, but when I hear the word the bears, I feel like indie rock outfit, mandolin, fiddle situation, and like three button vests, the bears. <laughs> or, or, or am I wrong? Is it could we probably do something? It probably go in a bunch of different directions, but it's like four. Or they're boxes. playing disco in West Hollywood every Sunday night. <laughs> We're gonna see the bears. Or you can uh, you can even smooth that out more to make it you know you can say Walter and the Bears or something or sweetness and the Bears. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah sweetness, like yeah, sweetness and the Bears, Bears and the sweetness. I like that one a whole lot. Um, all right, guys, I got a bunch of these right now. Um, uh, let's get some of the dumb ones out of the way. I had the Phil Jackson Five. Um, I had the Backstreet Hoy Boys because Hoyberg uh, <laughs> maybe had a little bit of the boy band kind of the good looks kind of going there. Um, I can't confirm or deny. I tried to look on the internet, but I'm pretty sure Matt Stairs was the lead singer in Seven Mary Three. So I don't really know if that like counts or not. I think like he actually wrote the song Cumbersome. Uh, the Alshon Jefferson Airplanes. Um, <laughs> the Tom Thibodeau Ray Mees. Uh, the Taves the Day uh, for Saves the Day. Um, and then my two favorites, my runner up was the Lou Pinella Coladas. Uh, I'd love to see Lou. Old Lou playing like some like Jimmy Buffett style, Willie Nelson side jams. Just like it. not not a big band, but kind of like more of a cabana style. The Lou Pinella Coladas. And then this one is my number one. Um, person I most wants to start a band, name of the fake band. The band is just called Gar. And it is Guar. <laughs> the band Guar, same setup, same costumes and everything. But Gar is on the mic. And it's just basically, you know, like we're young, like songs like we're young and athletic uh, songs like, you know, Hoiberg is the future, uh, you know, all these different kinds of titles. And it's just basically the band Guar. They're still like eating animals and still eating each other and plants and stuff like that. But it's just named Gar. That's it. That's what I that's what I got so far. And he's glab, 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 young and young and athletic. Yeah. I, I imagine all of his lyrics are like. You know, his motivational speeches to the team that are just terrible. Yeah, yeah. He's not motivating anybody. 
songs like Miritich is an all-star um, songs of like, uh, you know, we made the playoffs eight out of 10 years. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Basically um, <laughs> let's move on to the next one. Mo- person you'd most want to have a beer with and why this one's kind of a fun one. Um, let's do Dave first on this one. Who would you most want to have a beer with and why? Uh, this one was probably the easiest for me. I didn't have to think long and hard about this at all because when I'm having a beer, I want to grab some bench. I want stories. You know what I mean? When you're having a beer, it's like you want to be able to talk to someone who's just going to be able to tell you amazing story after story. Who's got more great stories than Hawk? You know, just I've been listening to this guy talk my whole life and I don't mind if I do over an old style. Uh, Let's do it. Ken the Hawk Harrelson. Oh man, that's a great one. I didn't even really think about that. I'm now all of a sudden thinking of, yeah, would you drink old style with Hawk or would you know, would it be Long Island iced teas? Are you guys getting blacked out or are you guys just having like a cocktail? We're, start, we're starting slow, you know? Yeah. And then as he starts to fawn over Dwayne Wise, we get into those stages. Uh, then we start really breaking out the hard stuff. Let me I just picture it's like, it's like an eight-hour conversation where you're just steady drinking the whole time. And at the end, you stand up like, holy shit, I'm fucked up. Oh yeah, and you gotta you gotta hold Hawk up a little bit, you know. Mercy, yeah, gone. Oh man, that's a that's a great one, Hawk Harrelson to have a beer with. That's great, Higgs. Who's your beer? Want to have a beer with and why? Uh, well, well, for me, I have to finally pull pull out this card. But I mean, who's the who's the craziest partier in in Chicago sports history? This is the time I gotta pull out the Dennis Rodman card. There you go. If I'm gonna Come drink on. and go out and party. You got to go out the guy who parties the best. The guy who goes all night in Vegas, stays up till five, six in the morning. Uh, so, yeah, that's the one time I would party with Rodman. I would only want to do it for one night, one night only. So I have that experience, and I would probably never want to do it again. You'd walk, <laughs> out, you'd walk out with your nose pierced. Dave, hop in. It'd for sure be one of those things where it's like, whatever happened to Hangel? It's like, <laughs> hey, man. Dennis Rodman and him. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. I, I left and he was talking to Dennis and oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no. Hagel, where are you? You're in Topeka, Kansas? Why? <laughs> you got on a bus? What happened? Uh, the feds are after me, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> They're tapping my phones. Uh, Dennis told me to lay low for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and, when, and when D-Rod tells me to lay low, uh, I, I listen, um, uh, Choi, Hoppin, who's, uh, who'd you most want to have a beer with and why? Well, I mean, uh, Harry Carey seems like an obvious choice. Um, mm. I'd, I'd want to actually buy Steve Bartman a beer. Cause I can't even imagine a guy who is just a lifelong Ooh, Cubs fan, great who, one. you know, obviously, uh, uh, got all the crap that he got for that foul ball. Um, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, with, uh, Hagel's sentiment and like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm had the opportunity to drink with a professional athlete, I want to party. And although he might not be as legendary as Rodman, he is equally as hard of a partier. And that is Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, his partying is well-documented, whether it's a, you know, a, a weekend trip up to Madison partying with the college kids or partying up in Buffalo where he actually assaults a cab driver. He's so drunk. The quote from the cab driver is they broke my nose. They ripped my clothes and they did it all for 20 cents. That tells you all you need to know about partying with Patrick Kane. I'm there with him every night. 
I would be worried that you'd get like left at a little Caesars at like 3 a.m. and he would just he would bail on you, Choi. And, and I'm just saying that because I'm your friend. I'm worried oh, he about would. that. I'm worried he about would. that. Hags, hop in. Well, that for me, that's exactly why I wouldn't want to drink with that guy. <laughs> he's, an, he, he's probably like that asshole who blacks out, fights everybody, wakes up, doesn't remember anything, and he really probably doesn't, apologizes, legitimately feels bad, and then does it all again the next night. And it's just like, come on, man, you're kind of being a jerk. I'm Patrick Kane. I'm Patrick Kane. <laughs> Patrick Kane. Uh, but it would be a good night. It would be a memorable night. And I, and I, and I appreciate that because that's what you want to do when you're going to go out and have a cocktail. I broke the rules a little bit. Who do I want to have beer with and why? I'm actually going to pick two guys. I want this to be a trio kind of night. And I'm picking Joe Madden and Joel Quanville. And here's why. One, tons of stories, right? The night starts off pretty cool. Joe Madden's like, you know, he's talking, he's joking around, being really cool, giving us some inside info, giving us some kind of like, you know, some mystical thought process. We have maybe like a beer or two, maybe a glass of wine. And then around 9 or 9.15, Joel Quanville, you know, he elbows me in the ribs and goes, you know, are we going to do some shots? And then that's when the, the night changes. I want a different night. I want, a, I, want a, I want a cool cocktail night. Then Joel Quanville starts doing some shots. Stuff kind of gets a little bit rowdy. The laughter starts getting a little bit louder. If Quanville or something, if the conversation gets dark at some point, Joe Manic can kind of steer it back in more of a positive direction with something more like, you know, more, more metaphorical and more positive. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of with Dave on this one. I just kind of want to hear all the different stories that are coming out, all the little inside, inside baseball stuff. And those are older dudes too. So I know that like, you know, they're not going to run me ragged. Uh, and if anything, I'm going to probably be the last one up. So I know that I'm not going to be getting into too big of trouble. And I'm going with those guys. Uh, we've got just a couple more left, you guys. And then we got to get out of here. So let's hit them quick. My, one of my favorites as well. Most likely to see passed out on the grass at Lollapalooza. Uh, we've all been there. We've all done it. You look to your left. Guy passed out on the grass. You go, oh, buddy. And then you look a little bit closer and you go, oh, man. I know that dude. He's on one of my favorite teams. Uh, Dave, hop in. This might be low-hanging fruit, but my answer is Ronnie Woo Woo. <laughs> oh, oh, totally. Oh, man. And, and, and I think we've actually seen that before. That's what I was going to say. I think, I think I actually have documented that. Uh, my backup answer would probably be uh, Brian Anderson, right? <laughs> oh. That guy probably attends all of Palooza to this day. Somewhere on the lawn. And the best part is nobody's the wiser, right? No one ever learned the face of Brian Never. Anderson. Thank He's God the one treated. screaming at people being like, I was on the socks. And they're like, who is this guy? <laughs> Thank God we traded Aaron Rowan for him. Uh, that was a good one. Brian Anderson. I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head right now, like who would, what would the band be? Maybe some kind of modest mouse situation. Uh, or oh some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of indie up-tempo rock album, The Vines mm -hmm. or something, or The Hives or some some crap like mm -hmm. that. Uh, Brian Anderson off the board. Uh, Hagel, person you'd most likely to see pass out on the grass at Lollapalooza. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, choice pick to drink with, Mr. Patrick Kane. Just said he's a legendary drinker. I can easily see that guy at Lollapalooza day drinking, getting trashed way too early, and passing out at like five, waking up a couple hours later. And, you know, keep on drinking. You're like, is that Patrick Kane? Oh, my God. He's so sunburned. Like, oh, whoa. <laughs> he's, he's a tomato. Oh, boy. Like, the shirt's, like, tucked into the cargo shorts. He doesn't have the shirt on. It's just tucked in. He's just burnt to a crisp. 
He's got mud on like one side of his body for some reason. Uh, <laughs> what? What? What, what happened? Some to blood. Him? He's yeah, all scraped on, up on the side of his on the side of his lats. Like just one side is just covered yeah. in mud, and you don't know why. His Crocs <laughs> are like what his Birkenstocks. Like one of them's missing. Uh, his shoes are all wet. Yeah, his shoes are all wet. He's got like dip, like drooling from his mouth a little bit. That's a that's that's a very stuck good stuck in his teeth. Yeah, Troy most likely to see passed out on the grass at Lollapalooza. Well, speaking of low hanging fruit, I, I I'm actually surprised that Jay Cutler hasn't come up more often in every one of these categories because you know that guy would have been drunk at Lollapalooza. Don't care, but the, but the guy I'm going with is uh, another uh, uh, Chicago Blackhawk. I'm going with Eddie the Eagle Belfour based on the infamous story of his arrest during a drunken night in this hotel room where he gets arrested, pulls out the card, do you know who I am? And then is quoted as saying, I will pay you a billion dollars if you let me go. So, I mean, if, if that guy isn't like passed out on, you know, over in Grand Park, I don't know who would be. I'm sure you're good for it, Mr. Belfort, but we can't let you go. That's really funny because I'm, I'm also going a Chicago Blackhawks goalie. Uh, there's a trend forming here. I'm, I'm going Corey Crawford. Uh, Corey Crawford famously uh, missed several weeks of action after hurting himself at a Rise Against concert uh, at the House of Blues. Uh, I think that's kind of all we really need to know uh, about someone. Like We've all been to the House of Blues before, and I love going to concerts, and I love getting after it. But if you get so drunk at a House of Blues show, especially a Rise Against <laughs> show, that you hurt yourself, you're probably also going to pass out on the grass at Lollapalooza, <laughs> probably watching like Queens of the Stone Age or something like that. Um, and Eddie Belfour will be right next to him. Uh, we're going to do one more and then we're going to get out of here, guys. And this is kind of a, this is a personal choice. This is a hard choice. Person you'd most want on your side in a fight. Um, and this could go in a bunch of different directions because we're all different statures, all different modes, all different thoughts, but you're walking down a dark alley, a bunch of people approach you. They try and start reaching for your wallet. You know, fisticuffs are about to be thrown. You got to throw down to protect yourself. Who would you want in that foxhole with you? Who would you want to be? Uh, who would you want with you on your side in a fight? Higgs, you're going to go first. Well, I'm going to go uh, with the baddest dude um, that I remember seeing in, in, in Bulls history, and that was uh, Mr. Charles Oakley. Ooh. The Oak Tree. Oh, yeah. Oh Scrapper, he was one of those guys that everybody was afraid to play. When he went to the Knicks and we had to play him, I was always afraid to play against him. He's that player that other players, yeah, were afraid wow. of and did not want to mess with. I didn't even think about that. Do you think he could stop the fight before it even started with, like, a stare? Just, like, if he stared at somebody? Like, <laughs> And don't forget, remember, he got escorted at a, a Madison Square Garden, was that two years ago? Yeah. And he was it's trying like almost, dudes. like – it's like five security guards to get him out of the building, and he's, what, 50? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a bad dude. Oh, man, that's a great one. Um, Charles Oakley, Oak Tree off the board. Uh, Dave, who would you most want with you on your side in a fight? Chicago sports history. This one was another slam dunk for me. Picture this. You're in a dark alley, okay? It's just you. Maybe, maybe you're with your wife. Someone comes grabs the purse, starts running away. And out of nowhere, a hero emerges, comes out and just punches that purse right out of his hands. Charles Peanut Tillman. 
<laughs> he's got the best hook in the NFL. I know he can fight. I know he can punch. I mean, no brainer. That guy, that guy would, no one would mess with him. Well, there's two things, right? One, I think currently still training to be in the FBI. So really good protection on that front. And I think, Dave, what you're hitting on right there is accuracy. You want, if there's going to be punches thrown. <laughs> Correct. You need a guy that's going to land at least that first punch and have yes. a high rate of damage done. And who's better, man? Accuracy beats speed, Joey. That's what the boxers say, I think. I think I'll ask him, but no. Yeah. I mean, oh man, peanut, peanut punch, uh, really good in the lower section too, as well. That can get you out of a jam pretty quick. Um, dude that's wrestled footballs away from Randy Moss on like jump balls for interceptions. Yeah. It's a tough SOB. Yeah. That's a bad dude. That's a great one. Uh, Troy, most person you'd want on your side in a fight. Super quick. um, Off the board. Charles. Yeah. yeah, That was actually one of of the guys. Charles's. One of my shortlist guys, but uh, real quick, I want to really quick touch upon one of the categories categories that we were potentially going to do, and that was a guy who could have played in another uh, sport. And um, the reason I want to mention this real quick because he was much maligned in the Last Dance series, and that's Scotty Burrell. And in doing the deep dive, this is amazing. In all of professional sports history, Scotty Burrell is only one of two players. Kyler Murray being the most recent, who was drafted in the first round of two professional sports. He was drafted in the first round by the Charlotte Hornets and drafted as a pitcher in the first round by the Seattle Mariners. So that, wow. that, that blows my, my mind that in the history of professional American sports, he's only one of two players who have gotten that distinction. To be fair, though, Jeff Samarja, if he was put on the Bears right now, would immediately probably be, what, two or three on the depth chart of twelve. Sure, sure, sure. Of tight ends? Yeah, tight ends, yeah. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that's crazy. Think about all the athletes that have come through professional sports, and he's one of two that have ever gotten drafted in the first round. That's crazy. But um, in terms of who I would want in my side of a fight, I'm going to piggyback off of Aaron and go with the guy that Charles Oakley was actually traded for, and that is Bill Cartwright. Oh, the elbows. And elbows for sure but more importantly we all know once again how much michael jordan rode all his teammates how how just vicious he was to all his teammates so very early on and you know especially because you know he was traded for uh, at the time probably michael's best friend on the team right uh, all things considered and charles oakley and uh, so a lot of the he had a lot of a lot of beef with cartwright in those early years not wanting to pass on the ball and at one practice bill cartwright tells jordan i heard you don't want the guys who pass me the ball. If I ever hear you say that again, you will never play basketball again. From that day forward, Michael Jordan never messed with Bill Cartwright again. So if Bill Cartwright can do that to the most, you know, maniacal player in professional sports history, that's a guy I want on my side in a fight. That's really scary. I don't know how close I came to death because in high school, um, I had friends of friends that were friends with his son, Justin, uh, Justin Cartwright. And I actually watched the Super Bowl of Giants-Ravens, the famously one of the most boring Super Bowls of all time. I watched it over at their house. And I'll be honest, uh, I had uh, a couple of cocktails that night with some friends. <laughs> and it got to the point where we started making these grilled cheese sandwiches on his George Foreman grill. And I'll never forget, like, I'm making this, like, messy grilled cheese sandwich and cheese is just pouring over this beautiful <laughs> marble countertop. And in walks Bill Cartwright. And I just like, there's a part of me that wanted to be like, boo, 
like champion. But he gave me like this death star, like this death stare, like he was going to, that he was going to kill me. And now I'm realizing, <laughs> now that you're mentioning this, how close I came uh, to death. And uh, I really think one of his sharp elbows probably could have taken me out very quickly. Great grilled cheese sandwich, though, if you guys are wondering. It was one of the best ones I, it was one of the best ones I ever made in my man, life. And the it was man in house. intimidated Michael Jordan. How many people can say that? How many oh. people can say that? That's a great choice. For me, uh, most wanted I wanted to fight, I wanted to go Ozzy Guillen so badly uh, because – you know, it, it, there is something about it where you need a physicality to it. You do want brute strength, but I need a guy that's going to fight to the very end. Like you're, you'd have to tear out his nails and like rip out his eyebrows before he, <laughs> Ozzy Guillen would ever quit in a fight. Uh, but I am going to go brute strength. I'm going to go Glenn Allen Hill. Uh, Glenn Allen Hill, you know, it's still like hits one of the longest bombs ever in like in Wrigley Field history. Wore the visor, wore the visor glasses, like, even if it was cloudy outside, which was amazing. Bad dude, great stare, probably would get me out of a fight because I'm not a fighter. And then, uh, you know, had the biceps and the forearms during a steroid era. And I don't think the dude took juice once. I think that was all pure Glen Allen style. Uh, so I'm going, I'm going Glen Allen Hill. Um, guys, that was it. Higgs, hop in. I was going to say, one, one last one I'm going to leave you with. Which player in, uh, in Chicago sports history would you not want to back you up in a fight? Ooh, oh man! Uh, I, I'll fi- I'll finally use it. Jay Cutler. <laughs> there it is. Hey man, these guys are gonna fight us. Don't care. Where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, I've never seen you. Away. I've never seen you move that fast in your life. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I think uh, I, I'm going Jay on that one probably too. Hags, hop in. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Oh, I mean. The first person that comes to mind immediately to me is Robin Ventura. Ooh. I mean, you can't you can't charge the mound and then put your head down and not expect to get your ass kicked. We That's have definitive true. evidence that he would not fare well. Uh, we'd be like, oh, thank God, Robin, we're back. Robin, what's happening to you? You're getting pounded. Uh, Choi, hop in. I mean, for me, it's got to be Carlos Zambrano because just ask, uh, you know, Michael Barrett and Derek Lee. He would end up fighting you instead of fighting the person he was going to back you up for. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, I, I, I'm sticking with Smoking Jay because I know deep down in his heart, he ain't helping me. Uh, you know, no way. Like, he's calling, he's calling the Uber XL before I even, like, throw up a fist. Like, let's be, let's be real here. This is he's not gonna- he's smoking and checking his phone. Yeah, yeah he, you know, he's filming you getting your ass beat, <laughs> and he's going to post it so he gets all the views. Yeah, and, and, tra- call you a, and call you a pussy. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to convince you that you could beat up the three guys by yourself. <laughs> Uh, and he's just like passive aggressively encouraging you, encouraging yeah. you like that. Um, well, that'll do it, guys. Uh, Jay Cutler, person you don't want in a fight. That's a great way to end it, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. This was really fun. It was just a nice little, nice little loose little roundtable because this Joey, is all we, this is all we got, guys. I need to applaud you. Um, you know, you're you're doing these podcasts during a pandemic. You're just really. You're getting all the content you can out of Chicago. You're making this six-foot meatball into a foot-long Italian beef, my man. And <laughs> Dude, we appreciate it. Give me two weeks because it'll be uh, on today's pod. The best Italian beef you ever had. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm there. I'm down. It was, there. I'm down. <laughs> it was April 27th, 2009. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Burley's on the mound. Uh, Pitch is a great game. I leave. 
and it just it, it just hit just hit me perfectly that day. Uh, no, I appreciate that, Dave. And special thanks too to uh, Mike Choi, who's been giving the great idea for the superlatives, and also some great ideas coming up because hopefully we're going to be doing some Chicago sports movie themed podcasts coming up. And uh, yeah, that's this is what we, this is what we got right now, guys, because the NBA might be coming back in six weeks. And guess who probably isn't going to be invited to that? <laughs> the Chicago Bulls, uh, Boylan's boys. Uh, Boylan's boys are probably not going to be involved in that at all. Um, so thank you so much for joining us on Betting Chicago. For my guests, Mike Choi, Aaron Hagel, Dave Raspoli, thank you so much for joining us, you guys. This episode was brought to you today by betonline.ag. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Have a wonderful weekend. Be well, be safe, be good to each other, and we will talk soon. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.